This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host, joining me for this bonus post-match reaction to the Everton game and uh, pretty much our season uh, going down the pan with the uh, the final result, which was a 1-1 draw. We've got a full house here. We've got Mr. Dan Rogers from the Villa Underground. Welcome. Hello. Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. And Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello. Right, Everton. It was a must-win. I don't like that phrase, must-win, but this legitimately was a must-win. It was, if we won it, we were buying a ticket to the final relegation battle of the last two games. Uh, Bud, you were trying to convince us at the end of the last show that uh, it's a must-not-lose, but uh, we, we uh, peer group pressured you on that in terms of a win. I mean, how do you feel about Villa's situation now? Well, it's totally out of our hands, isn't it? Now. Yeah. Even if we win both of our games, you are still reliant on other teams now. Yeah, and the fact that Bournemouth uh, came back into the picture has really uh, reinforced what you've just said, really. Well, you're you're reliant on probably one of Watford or West Ham blowing up and then Bournemouth dropping points somewhere where they look like they might not. Yeah. Uh, just to give you the uh, Bournemouth, I think they're playing Southampton and their last game of the season is what we've just played away at Everton. And, and I think if Bournemouth are fighting for the possibility of survival, I think they can uh, win that game if they want to. Uh, I mean, just let's, let's talk about the game. I thought, you know, Villa's midfield actually showed up. That's probably the, you know, the best that the likes of Horahan. McGinn was looking more like McGinn. And for large swabs of that game, they, they were bossing uh they were bossing the game and uh, it just highlighted that we're so toothless up top that we can't take advantage of, uh, you know, such a situation. Well, it's what Smith said, isn't it? That the easiest way to win a game when you wander up is go up, your, you know, go up the other end and score the second. And the second goal would have killed the game. We got the chance on a plate and bottled it. I thought we were going to hold that back a little bit. <laughs> but we're cutting straight into the chase. But no, in let, terms let's, of... let's not hold back. Let's not hold back. This is gathering this small gathering here is you know like before a funeral people sort of gather waiting the for the hearse. <laughs> no we, we haven't reached the wake yet <laughs> the wake will be this london stadium <laughs> that was completely within our grasp everton were not particularly adventurous at all they were poor put it that way they were straight poor 
they they were disinterested for long periods. Um, and we had opportunities. Yeah, our, our midfield put us in a position where we could uh, take what we wanted from this game. And the recruitment of what we've got out wide, what we've got up front is just not good enough because that's what let us down today. Absolutely. I, I mean, the, the two goals that Trezeguet scored against Palace masked um, an otherwise pretty ropey performance. And we, we saw in the first 45 minutes and he was allowed a few minutes in the second half, unbelievably, how limited a footballer he is at a time where we need quality and pace. Um, then it was, was Samata, who is a real head-scratcher for me. That he's, he's had a couple of identical opportunities the last uh, last two two games. He's Look, like the invisible man at times. Well, you you saw with when Davis came on that he uh, Davis is is by far from the complete striker, but he's got a number of good attributes. Um, one of which is that it, Davis comes on with real purpose, and it's not even it's not even a cliche thing of oh you know he's strong, he's done this, he's that. Yeah. He actually comes on, he holds the ball, and he, and he can make these really quick um, give and go type passes. Um, in, and, but he his intent is to get towards the goal at least, you know. And Samat was anonymous. That's something that's developed in his game. When he gets the ball, he does turn round and he drives at uh, the defence. And, you know, that's pretty impressive because most of the time you see your hold-up guys get the ball, they, they keep their back to goal and, you know, they lay it off or play it wide. And there's a couple of times that, you know, Davis's instinct was to turn and, and get the, uh, you know, defence on the back foot. I mean, this is like the this is like the part of the funeral where you, you talk before it and say, we didn't really like him anyway, I mean, what are we doing here? But... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Exactly. It. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Is there a pub nearby? Let's go. Let's go there but, and slag them all off. Yeah, but everything you said about Davis is, is correct. I mean, there was one instance in the second half. I don't know how he got a foul given against him where the Everton guys just taking him out because he was like being brave and like, heading towards the net. You know, when they yeah. were both both jumping in the air. I mean, I mean, if that had happened to Samara, he he wouldn't even have got up again. It's just. It's, it's there's just a like a, a weakness in these players. I mean, we're talking about Samata not having a shot on target in how many minutes? Like three over three hundred now. Yeah. Has, he, has he even had a shot with his feet? Yeah. Nope. Not that I can remember. No. I mean, this this. I mean, we, you looked at Codger and you knew he wasn't a very good player to be uh, leading the line on his own in the Premier League. But at least he would get it, you know, because he'd run uh, into cul-de-sacs and uh, try to take too many people on. But at least he was doing something but you know that's what i'm saying about samata being the invisible man it's like playing without a forward there it's like you're almost with 10 men at times i mean going back to trezeguet there was that moment where i think it was midway in the first half where Grealish, you saw an example of it exactly and and everton allowed him to do it because they backed off but he drew in three or four of their defenders and opened up uh, space for trezeguet and Grealish played him played it in and he just completely fluffed his lines I mean, I think he's got his feet tied up and it's just like, he's a professional footballer. Grealish has just done what he's, what he, one of his main attributes and what he brings to this team, which is limited at times, is he can draw players away and free up space. And you know, if you're not going to take advantage of that, if you're, if you're not even on the same frequency, then, uh, you know, he, he, he's limited and he's cost us. I think if Trezeguet was, yes, he scored two goals against Palace, but if he was, uh, you know, half a player better, I think we'd have beaten Newcastle and uh, we'd have won this game as well. Never, ever thought I'd be defending Kodja, but when you look at Samara's performances, would Kodja have been any worse? The thing we always said about Kodja was he's an absolute liability outside of the 18-yard box, but you put him in front of goal and generally speaking, he's pretty clinical. You saw that when, on the, the one occasion he played against Liverpool. 
put him in front of goal and he took his chances. Yeah, anyway, El Ghazi, put him in front of goal and you got to flip a coin, basically. Well, no, you don't need to. If it's, it's a one-sided coin and that's that he'll fluff it. The thing about that opportunity in front of goal was, you know, it, didn't, it doesn't matter what part of your body you get on it at, at this stage, at that stage, even in the game. And to then start rolling around on the floor again, like he has got previous with feigned injury, by the way, holding his penis. Well, <laughs> hurt pride. <laughs> Sorry, there's a there's a metaphor there. The thing about it is, it, there's turning points in game, and that that was our opportunity to get two nil ahead. Probably similar to the Palace game, really, where Everton would have, you know, Everton were interested. Palace yeah. were interested. It kills the game off, and with our horrendous, I think it's 17 goals, con- late goals conceded. Yeah, you no, almost it's need last to play- 15 minutes yeah. just to quantify it. You might as well play on the basis that you're going to concede at some point. You know, we hadn't we haven't had a clean sheet away from home all season, so you might as well play on the basis that you're going to concede. And to miss opportunities like that, well, you, you you're not good enough for the Premier League, and you're not good enough for Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean, I don't like making uh, the train of thought and saying, oh yeah, Grealish, he looks around, and uh, you know, you know, he needs to go to another club. You know, good luck to him. But I think in this game in particular, he's looking around and going, what, you know, what the fuck? Because he's uh, not as if, you know, he didn't have a, a, an inc- incredible game, but he did enough to put other people in positions to win this game mm-hmm. for us. And that is the frustrating thing. If you've got people whispering in your ears yeah. that yeah. Uh, whatever allegiance you have for the club and, you know, you've already had Conor Horan saying uh, he's too good for this club early on in lockdown. And, and those voices are in your head. You, frustration with performances like that. Because that last water break, he was uh, not happy with somebody, you know, under no illusions that he should be have done more. And I don't think his value has actually gone up uh, through restart at all. You'd say that, you could say that for a lot of them there. I mean, it, it's going to be a really interesting close season to see if anybody is going to pay the money that Villa want or if Villa are just going to go, you know, we need to get some of these players out, we just need to make space for some new players to come in. Yeah, it's it's interesting how they see the rebuild now because the uh, the, the simplistic version was build a team around Jack Grealish and uh, let's see how far this having a Villa fan as a head coach and a, and a captain can take us. And uh, the answer so far is not very far. There's no room for sentiment, really. It would have been great. I mean, in my ideal, it was like we would we would have this kind of utopia where we were actually against all of what's claimed modern football from, uh, you know, all the money, all the sovereign wealth, et cetera, et cetera. We had this rare thing where, you know, we are this historical club and we actually have this tradition and uh, we've got an actual almost a utopia of having a, a Villa fan as a head coach and a captain. But bottom line is that's all a load of marketing bullshit at the end of the day. It means nothing. We're certainly not Bill Bow or a team yeah. like that. You know, there's not this identity thing, and we're still looking for the Villa engine. Yeah, we are, and I, and I think that we we sadly we're seeing him him develop um, from another position. And and in, in Douglas Louise, I think that we might not see as much of him as we might want to because he he's a footballer who his development has accelerated as the season and even as lockdown has, has gone on. And the amount of times today, even against Palace actually, and, and, and there's a couple of games where Villa Villa were behind and he was trying to drive the team uh, forward, where his, his footballing brain is so far ahead of those around him that you almost think it's a wasted talent, but you think, well, these are professional footballers who play together all week. How can they not know what he's, if he gets the ball and he picks it up, what his out ball is going to be? Yeah. And there, there were so many times today even where, you know, we're talking about Grealish and where Grealish has, has been sat in second and third gear for a number of weeks, I think, and has cut, you know, he cut a frustrated figure again at times. But he did have opportunities where the, the 
that clinical cutting edge, that real bit of quality that sets you apart, that makes big clubs say, Do you know what, that's an eighty million pound footballer. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I I want Greedish as much as anyone to be this this super soft, superstar footballer for Aston Villa and to have fought. I haven't seen that this season. No, I haven't. Um, you know, I really wanted to. The scores the goal against uh, Old Trafford against Manchester United, mm. and you know we we see that yeah. from a yeah. hundred different angles. But you know that's just one goal, and pretty yeah. much a, you know most teams have got players who do that, and we look at them and we never really think much of them. Every dog can have its day, but yeah, there's there's so few actual super highlights, and most of them are in the Championship, which is another level. Yeah, this isn't a superstar who's carrying a team. You know, this isn't like a player scoring, I don't know, 20, 25 goals in a dreadful team. You think, how on earth have they done that? This is yeah, this is a player that when the chips were down had to come to the party and he hasn't so far. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lockdown. Yep. And McGinn, uh, I mean, we saw a player resembling John McGinn today. So you could argue that it is a, a fitness thing for him. And, you know, as, as I said in Match Club a few times, it's uh, they always say it's like uh, six to eight games to get up to some kind of speed. And you saw uh, McGinn kind of getting there. And that's why uh, the midfield had some traction today but while it had traction the the, the wider players and the center forward were nowhere to be seen to actually uh, capitalize on it and you know at the back i thought we were reasonably sound i thought konza had a decent game uh, defensively as well i thought the full backs were all right although I, I need to see the the walcox goal again to see exactly what happened with matt target I feel sorry sorry for rain you know rainer barely had anything to do all game i thought his distribution was good but didn't have a like a really forced, you know, some of the saves he had to make against Palace, he was far busier in that game in a game that we won. Yeah. He had nothing, he had nothing to do. No, it's, yeah, good point. It's just this mentality that, that almost like the job's done before it, it, they see it through. It's just, um, our arrogance is a word we could, we're probably going to use a lot at the end of the season, but just in these games, I mean, even going right back to the Spurs game, it's like, right, we've got to this point, we've been defending well, and you just, you can see it. It's almost just, you just sense that they've thought, right, we've done this on to the next one before it's time. I don't know if it's necessarily arrogance. I think, I think it's lack of belief and confidence. I think it's, I think they were, they were panicking uh, at the end of this game. Yeah. I think it's a mentality thing. I don't necessarily think it's the, you know, we're over the line. I think it's more, actually, it's the opposite. I think it's, oh shit, we're not over the line here. And then they retreat, retreat, retreat. And it becomes an inevitability. Like, you know, the Arsenal game was 
Yeah. Very similar. Today, you just thought if Everton get a chance, they might take it here. And you just, you knew we had a mistake in us. I actually thought, you know, when Konza slipped and um, it was Calvert-Lewin when it put it wide, I I thought that was the chance. You think that's so typically Villa when things like that happen. Then when they sort of throw a speculative ball into the box, you just think, surely not. And then you realise it's Walcott who scored with a header and you think, geez, it's definitely not our day when Theo Walcott's scoring with a header for the first time in probably a decade. Yeah, we're certainly not a team, uh, and there are teams out there, when you're 1-0 down with 10 minutes to go, you go, oh, we're fucked because we'll never get through them because they're so well organised. And uh, that's we're, we're kind of at the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah, we don't kill a game. Yeah. Inter- and that's not like from a goals point of view, but just in, you know, we're not going to sort of shut a game down and just spoil it. We, we don't play like that. You, you know, look at the substitutes. I can't see anything wrong in game with them. I they mean, uh, changed the game, if anything. Yeah, and you know, with hindsight, you can say, well, you know, what about Algarzi coming on? He missed that chance. I think I, I would have subbed him for Trezeguet. Yeah. So no, no problem with that either. No, you got it right. No, well, that, that's the infuriating thing, and that'd be the the bit that if you're the coach. That, that's got to be infuriating to see because he's done everything it, I, right. I, I, Al does everything right. You know the ball in's great. He, he gets in front. You know ghosts beyond the final defender. You know if he does, if he well if he approaches it like he approached his header in the playoff final, he scores. Why doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And he's you know he scored harder. I mean the, the goal he scored against Everton actually at Villa Park was a harder goal to score. You know it was in terms of technique. What Grealish said about him being the best finisher in. Uh training i think that's a complete utter lie <laughs> based on the evidence on well, no, the that's facts. great that's a great example of a uh, football brain and actual brain isn't it uh, yeah <laughs> well there's been a lot of rubbish t- spouted out the villa verse hasn't there to be fair this season especially by the club yeah so frustrating overall though because it is you know at 70 minutes you as, as phil was saying really that it's hard to put your, your finger on what what it is because we're in control of the game. It's, I don't want to say a dead rubber for Everton because ultimately they came back into it. Um, but that naivety that all of the things that you fuse to say, right, predict now what was, what Aston Villa will do panned out. Yeah, I can predict, I can predict exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Some of these Villa social media posts, I will be answering with that, the Lego song, everything is awesome. Cause that's been, that's pretty much their attitude uh, from here on in, I think. Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, no. There's, I mean, there's the clip that will obviously be hammering around. Is uh, Jack Grealish saying there's no way we're getting relegated? There's Perslow saying uh, nobody at the club thinks we're going to get relegated. We're going to have a fantastic season, and uh, you know all this stuff kind of uh, is there to uh, hype us up at the start. But you know, it always comes to bite you back in the end. I mean, you could argue that if you know that double injury didn't happen and we we retained Heaton and Wesley, would we have? Uh, fared any better i wasn't convinced by us at any i mean we were struggling with them in the team never mind uh, out it well we'd huffed and puffed and we seriously missed mcginn at key moments but you know other teams have missed big players you know there'll be, there'll yeah. be so many excuses we can use and will use but ultimately it won't count for anything and ultimately mcginn was struggling before he got injured and yes, uh yeah. we we are you know we are celebrating three players we was you know the, if we call them the trinity Mings, McGinn and uh, Grealish as players really with their reputations in championship football and we didn't have the greatest time in the championship. We did a 10-game run, got out of there through the playoffs and that was basically the the only highlight because we were struggling most of the time and those three players shone because the ability, you know, wasn't, it wasn't there, but we, they even struggled in that league. So players like Horahan have, you know, been in and out, in and out the, the team. So these people... Uh, 
that have been put on pedestals aren't actually that good. I don't think many of uh, you know football fans of other teams will be uh, envious of them. Put it that way. No, and to be fair to Huran, actually, am I right in saying that he's been he's assisted every goal that Villa have scored since the lockdown? I, I don't think know. He's, I think he's assisted every single goal we've scored. And there was obviously the Conza goal against Chelsea was that had come from I think it was a Huran free kick. The free kick against Palace for. Trezeguet's first. He headed the ball back in for Trezeguet's second. He obviously had the corner for Al Mohamedi and the free kick today. He's funny because his actual key stats, his assists and goals are, are right up there. You know, yeah. there's never been anything to mumble about. It's just uh, everything else. It's yeah. uh, mm. kind of yeah, like he, he, he gives you a moment, but you need more than just a moment in the Premier yeah. League. If you're going to pl- yeah, if you're going to play him, you need to have the players around him that can compensate for the things that he doesn't do. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, he's had a decent uh, couple of games, uh, the recent ones. Yeah. Anything we uh, should add? I mean, we can talk about the permutations of uh, where we're going to end up at the end of the season in terms of relegation, etc. What this means, squad overhaul, who's going, who's staying, all that kind of stuff. We'll get Uh, get to that as and when, I think. As and when. This is really just to uh, pick off uh, what happened at Everton. And the scenario is, I mean, as I always said, it's a must win. uh, And I don't say that phrase very lightly. We are. That would have bought us a ticket to the last couple of games, a relegation battle. But with Bournemouth very much still honest in this battle and actually above us, it's uh, whatever happens with West Ham and Watford. Uh, I fancy Bournemouth to get points from uh, Southampton and Everton away in their last two. So you just sit here and now, uh, miracle, it is a miracle because you need Villa to uh, beat Arsenal and West Ham and even that might not be enough. More than likely won't be enough, should I say. No, I think like you said, it's gonna be a reality check for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, especially if we were especially if we were to win the last two and still not stay up, then you would think then you are really in the ifs, buts and maybes lane. We think, wow, you've actually probably if you were to win those games, you'd have probably had your best run of form of the whole season. Yeah. And then you'd be just looking back on all the games and all the stupid moments and the barrage wow. of mistakes. I mean, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because I think they, they, the the autopsy will take place. But it would be interesting. And then this happened last time, and I was looking back over some stuff, and, my, and my, I think David and I spoke about it before on the pod. That and have done many times is that Villa have no, you know, the local media inverted commas have never will, will not scrutinise some of the deeper reasons for this. You know, this would be this would be VAR moment here, slip there. There are some ingrained problems as to why Villa are where they are, yeah. and how and have been for what a decade. Well, most of the modern era, most yeah. of the modern era, yeah. but you know, we're, we're still, you know, we're, as I say, the autopsy will come, but there was some irrelevant of the fact that we got promoted um, prematurely, I suppose. There were some glaringly desperate decisions that have been made. Um, some of them, and based on sentimentality, I do think, you know, that we, we stuck with certain people who, yeah. um, when you look at what other clubs did when they got promoted, uh, they, they made big, big calls. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're not you know looking at any scenarios no, related no. to Villa, but just you know, like Southampton would fire mm-hmm. a successful manager and get a new one in. Spurs well, did the same thing. Southampton, under similar, I mean, a much smaller club than Villa, with all due respect, um, got rid of Atkins and got Pochettino in. That's exactly and, what exactly what I was referring to. Um, and you know, they had a different ownership then. I think they recently changed hands, but the point was they went out and they they aimed they they got the best that they could get repeatedly and the, the the evidence of that was they were mercilessly harvested by bigger clubs every season now that's not where i want villa to be liverpool but, have built built a successful championship uh, yeah. european and league winning team but on the backs of southampton's yeah. endeavors yeah and you made the point earlier and it'll be my final comment that our relegation isn't because of singular moments and var and, and stuff like that it's because 
How many how many players in our team would get into other sides teams? Fourth bottom, fourth bottom up. How many? How many go? There's just not an overall plan, is there? The search for the Villa engine uh, didn't bring up anything, and that was obviously cast aside. And now it's been uh, the idea. Well, we'll kind of do a kind of version of the Brentford model, and uh, we'll get Smith into uh, you know feed into that. But you know our trump card is we'll have Suso who, um, you know, will get access to his network of uh, European scouting, blah, blah, blah. Suso, who? He's like a yesterday man, you know, yesteryear man. But anyway, we'll get into all this autopsy stuff uh, later on. But bitterly disappointed because never mind that incident of uh, we could have prevented that goal, whatever, that we had a glaring miss before and that would have stitched the game up. And in the first half, if we had a better quality of uh, wider midfielder, I think uh, we could have uh, gone into uh, the you know half time a, a goal or two up as well. So uh, it was in our hands, and uh, we let it slip ultimately. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, David, with one word to sum up the whole season: preventable. Yeah. And, on the field, off the field, preventable. And we've always said that you know this team had a had a spectrum of ability and showed it at times but the problem is they were so weak and there's no real ethic in there and we go in you know there's a manager who uh has been backed through just this ideology which he ha- a hasn't actually run through with this premier league i mean this idea that you know always try to score an extra goal always uh you know if, if you want to up try to score two that's the best form of defense and we've never seen this attacking, high pressing. Let's almost say his alleged blueprints. And I'm, you know, not getting at Dean Smith there. I'm just saying, if that's not the manager we've got, what what have we got? Because uh, it just seemed a bit wishy washy at times this season. Any final thoughts? Not from me. Right, please do, uh, if you want to join us for some group therapy for the last couple of games of this season, uh, become a patron, so then you have access to uh, Match Club, which we might do some experimental Match Clubs, I think, especially for the Arsenal game. Please do go to myomanshead.com and uh, click on the patron link, and that will tell you all you need to know and how to sign up, etc. Please do uh, leave us a review if you listen on uh, iTunes, and don't forget, uh, if you haven't listened to it already, listen to episodes episode 109 which is uh, more of the proper show and actually uh, it's a hell of a lot funnier than this show this is more raw straight after the game anyway let's get out of here let's pick up where we left off in our so-called lives it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.